0: You have been blessed with God's Word. Many of you have brought a Bible with you to church today. It's quite common these days to have a copy of the Scriptures on your mobile phone. We have all heard the Word of God read before us in our hearing. I trust that when you hear God's word, as we saw in verse three of chapter three, that it was unto you as honey for sweetness. God's word is not just for our personal Edification, it's it's not just for you to find sweet for yourself. God's word is for sharing. Ezekiel, we see there in verse four, was sent onto the house of Israel. He was sent to his own people. He was sent to speak with the words of God unto them. He was to tell them very clearly what God had said. But, this is our first point, Ezekiel was warned of hard-hearted hearers. Hard hearted hearers, verse 7. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me, for all the house of Israel are impudent and hard hearted. Ezekiel was sent to explain to them what God had said. But before he began his ministry, he was warned, the people will not listen. They will not receive what you are saying. They will reject it out of hand. This is the nation that has such an amazing history. You think back to the history of ancient Israel. Think back to how they had been saved from the famine when Joseph, who his brothers had sold as a slave into Egypt, when he had made provision through the providence of God for the coming famine. And how Jacob and the other brothers ended up in Egypt. And they were delivered from that famine. And then, many years later, when the 70 souls had become a multitude of people, then the Egyptians had feared them and their strength and had turned them into slaves. How the Lord heard their cry and delivered them from Egypt. He just didn't quickly let them go. He demonstrated his mighty power before them. The Egyptians, Pharaoh had had a hard heart and he said no to letting them go. And that's when those plagues came upon the land to show something of the awesome power of God. They had seen that power, and then they had been delivered from Egypt on the night of the Passover. And they had seen the Red Sea open before them so that they could walk through on dry ground. And then, as the Egyptian army pursued them, it had come in on, covered the Egyptian army and destroyed it. It was a mighty deliverance. The power of God was seen so clearly. And then they had been brought to Sinai. And there was that thunder and that lightning and that great display of something of God's awesome power. And then God had given his law. And God had set forth that there was to be this tabernacle, this tent of meeting set up. And his glory would dwell in their midst. And this had happened. But what did the people do? They complained. God was providing them with food. Six days a week each morning. There was food on the ground to be collected. This manner, A bountiful provision. No famine. Yet they complained. Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt. You read of that in Numbers chapter 11. This is the people who went on to rebel and to rebel and rebel until the day God sent them into captivity in Babylon. And even yet he sent Ezekiel to speak to them. He has this warning for Ezekiel. They will be hard-hearted hearers. Ezekiel's hearers had rejected the message of Moses, of Isaiah and Jeremiah. And they would reject his message too. Jesus warned us, Mark chapter 4, in the parable of the sower. Jesus warned us as the sower went forth to scatter the seed widely all around the good news of the gospel that some verse 4 some fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up explaining in verses 14 and 15 the sower soweth the word and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown but when they have heard Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 we read, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. All around us, all around you, this very day you have seen The evidence before your eyes that God is eternal. That God is powerful. I hope you have not hardened your heart against that knowledge. That reality. That you are not holding this truth in unrighteousness. Read about that in Romans chapter 1. We read there too, verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. It is foolish to reject what God has said. But people, and we should beware of it, people have hard hearts. In verse 7 of chapter 3 of Ezekiel, all the house of Israel were impudent and hard-hearted. They had no respect for God, no respect for his messenger, no respect for God's word. There has been a rejection of God and His standards. There was a day in our land when there was, there was a respect for Christian things. The land, the UK, this island, was never a Christian country in the sense that everybody in it was a Christian. That was never the case. But there was a great Christian influence in our society. It was consequent upon a great revival that slavery across the British Empire was abolished. That child labour, think of a six-year-old going to work and starting at 6am in the morning and working till 7 o'clock at night in a cotton mill or down in a mine. That was banned because of Bible-believing Christians. Schools were opened. It was churches which opened schools to teach poor people back in the 19th century. But these days... God's word is scorned and ridiculed, treated as foolish by so many, so many who are our opinion formers, leaders in our society. Think about how laws with a Christian basis of understanding have been ridiculed and thrown out. The baby in the womb is no longer safe. It's said to be a human right that that baby's life be ended before birth. And some even argue that that should happen even after birth. Our society even today has a problem defining Male and female. Gender has become a matter of opinion. Forgetting, ignoring the fact that God made them male and female in the beginning. We should not be surprised that there are hard-hearted folk in our society. We should not be surprised when the good news of the gospel is rejected as foolish we should not be surprised when God's law is ridiculed it was exactly the same in Ezekiel's day he was warned there would be hard hearted hearers but secondly let us notice that Ezekiel was prepared for proclamation I'm, I'm sure that Ezekiel was a man of like passions even as Elijah was and as we are. To be told that you're going to have a ministry to hard-hearted, impudent people who won't listen is a tough sell. It's hard to take. If success, if eager listeners were guaranteed, your work becomes attractive and easy. But if it's going to be hard, a time of rejection and disdain, you recoil from it. Nobody likes to be ridiculed. But... Ezekiel was given a word of great encouragement. We see that in verse 8. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads, as an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. Zechariah 4, verse 6, we read, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Naturally, it is an impossible task to take God's law and God's gospel before hard-hearted people who will despise it and reject it. But we can look to the Lord to know that he will enable, he will strengthen It is not in our own strength, not in our own wisdom. It is by the Holy Spirit that we can go forward with this great ministry. Ezekiel would be enabled to faithfully proclaim God's word. He'd be strengthened to do that work. We know that, like Noah, it takes faith to proclaim God's truth in the face of unbelief. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 5, we read that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah built that ark, that huge boat. that boat to save people from the coming flood. How many people were saved by that ark? I'll tell you this. 100% of those who were saved were saved in the ark. And those who refused to come in, those who had hardened their hearts and did not heed That proclamation were destroyed. They faced God's judgment alone. Noah preached by faith. We know that faith is a a gift of grace. The Lord gives the faith that is needed to undertake the task to which he is called. we shouldn't ever think we can do this in our own strength. I was reminded of the Apostle Peter. Remember Peter? Peter was quite bold and strong in so many ways. He'd been a mighty fisherman. He knew how to use a sword. At least he thought he did. You remember Peter? He was told by the Lord Jesus Christ that They would all desert him. What did he say? Mark chapter 14 verse 29. Although all be offended, yet will not I. Yet will not I. He was full of confidence. He was so confident that when those soldiers came to arrest Christ in the garden, he took that sword out. An attempted to, to chop off somebody's head with it. He only cut off the ear. But he had that sort of confidence in himself. But yet, it wasn't long before he stood before that servant girl. And with oaths and cursing, denied that he even knew the Lord Jesus Christ. We must... Always beware of self-confidence. Always look unto the Lord to strengthen and enable us. And so it was that on the day of Pentecost, after the Holy Spirit had come upon them, that Peter was enabled to boldly proclaim their guilt and the good news of Jesus Christ and the salvation through his death. Burial and resurrection. Jeremiah was a prophet back in Jerusalem who warned of God's coming judgment. And the Lord said to Jeremiah that he would be faced with people who wouldn't listen. He was told, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19, They shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Perhaps he took this as a great promise of success. He seems to cry out in chapter 20 at the seventh verse. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. The opposition, the hardness of the heart of the people, seemed overwhelming to him. But there was a great truth here. That he experienced and had to know. Jeremiah 20 verse 9. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. The weakness of the flesh wanted him to stop, but he could not. The word of God was in him. It burned within him. It had to get out. Had to be shared with the people, and this is the same thing which the apostle Paul experienced First Corinthians chapter nine verse sixteen. He said, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of for necessity.' is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. He couldn't keep silent. God's word would burst forth. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus is Promise before his ascension, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses unto Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Ezekiel's message Was to simply be what God's Word said. Looked out, verse ten. Moreover, he said unto me, So the man, all, all, my words that I shall speak unto thee, receive in thine heart and hear with thine ears, all my words which I shall speak unto thee, receive, hear. And verse 11, And go, get thee to them of the captivity, unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them. Tell them what? Tell them, Thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. Ezekiel was not responsible for trying to make up his own message. He was not to try and decide what would be popular. What would fit in with what people wanted to hear. It was the exact opposite of this. He was to hear all the words of the Lord, in verse 10. All the words. That's what he was to take in. That's what he was to understand. And then that was what he was to speak out. And he was to speak it out with authority. Thus saith the Lord. Wasn't a matter of his own opinion. It wasn't something that was open for debate. He wasn't asking people uh, to perhaps consider that there might be some element of truth in it. Thus saith the Lord. You are guilty. You are responsible to the Holy God. He is judging you. This was the message that Jonah was sent To the city of Nineveh, with. You remember Jonah? When the Lord told him to go to Nineveh to warn of judgment, what did Jonah do? He got on that ship and he sailed off in the opposite direction. Why? Sometimes we forget why Jonah went off in the opposite direction. Jonah didn't go in the opposite direction because he feared rejection. He didn't go in the opposite direction because he was concerned that there'd be hard-hearted hearers. He went in the opposite direction because he knew that God was merciful. The people of Nineveh were the enemies of his nation. He wanted them to have God's judgment on them. He didn't want any of them to be delivered. We hear Jonah explain this. Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. This is after the people of the city had repented and God had removed the threat of judgment on them. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before into Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a, a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. I fear that sometimes we lack this confidence in the Lord today. We lack the confidence that God will accomplish His purpose through His Word. His Word proclaimed. The Lord has not told us that everybody that we witness to will reject it with a hard heart. He has not told us that. That was the message that Ezekiel was given. For the first part of his ministry. And we do know that some will reject it with hard hearts. Some will even persecute because of the message. But we are not told that everyone will reject it. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. In the book of Acts, we read that the Lord added unto the church daily such as should be saved. It is through the witness of God's truth. We proclaim the law because, because why? Because it brings us to Christ. It shows us our condition, our hopeless condition before the judgment of God, our guilt, our need. Of a saviour. Then we can preach the gospel, the good news, explain to people that God does forgive with mercy. He forgives because he showed great love. That's why Jesus came. That's why he came. As a man, he was sinless. He knew no sin. He never did anything, never thought anything, never said anything that was wrong. But he came. He came and died on the cross. The good shepherd that layeth down his life for the sheep. He came to make reconciliation. To remove that guilt. That judgment from us to take away our filth, to clothe us in his own righteousness. Dear friends, we are called upon to be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ, to proclaim the good news of why he came, what he accomplished through his death. We are called upon to proclaim the wonder of His resurrection. This is the only good news available in our world today. Let's be honest. Humanity is making a right mess of this world. Think of the wars that are going on, the destruction. That is happening. Think of the terrible toil of, of drugs. Illegal intoxicants. And sometimes legal ones. The lives torn apart. And it's people, people like us who are doing this. Encouraging others to go down that road. There's so much misery in our world. But we have this message of hope to proclaim. Yes, God is righteous. Yes, God judges sin. But God is love. God saves. He is merciful. Later on in his ministry, Ezekiel would be told to bring a message of hope and renewal to the people. Oh, dear friends, we will come across people who are hard-hearted. But we'll also come across people who will hear the word and respond in faith. We are here as ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal to us. We beg on behalf of Christ, be reconciled. Be reconciled. I trust that you will think about yourself before the Holy God this day. The message of judgment is a hard message. But truth matters. We've got to be honest. We've got to warn people. If we don't warn that responsibility is ours, their blood can be upon our hands. We don't take these opportunities. We go on at the end of this chapter. We see that Ezekiel was told that he was to be a watchman, a watchman who gives a warning. The watchman stood on the wall of the city and blew the trumpet. The danger was coming. It was the watchman's job to tell people, danger is here. Take action. Take action now. It's urgent. The watchman was always to give the warning. He was to be reliable in giving the warning. He was to be honest in giving the warning we have that responsibility in our society. We have been placed here as witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know why he would use frail, weak people like us to give his warnings. But that is what he has decided to do. Perhaps you're sitting here today and thinking I don't know anything about this. I don't know if this is true or not. May I say to you don't harden your heart. Nothing is more important than knowing that God is real that God is all-powerful. That God is holy. God judges sin. But God in love has sent his own begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, dear friends, Don't be surprised if the message meets hard hearts. God has promised to equip his people by his Holy Spirit to bring his word in the world today. Let us faithfully proclaim all God's word knowing that The proclamation of law and of gospel is God's message, is God's way, is God's hope for this world. The Lord Jesus Christ is building his church. Noah laboured all those years building the ark. And that ark was successful. But those souls who entered into the ark were saved. Let us look to the Lord, knowing that this is his work. This is his way of saving souls, of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ in our world this day. Amen.